The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 16. Episode 1. This is Writing Excuses. Your career is your business. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm, I'm Dan. <laughs> <laughs> We're all fine. I'm Mary Robinette. We've done this a lot. I'm Howard. I'm Brandon. And this, as you can tell, is the very first episode of 2021. We are excited to be here. We've got a uh, cool thing that we're going to do for the entire year is we have split this year into a series of what we are calling masterclasses or um, intensive courses is maybe a better way of thinking about this. So each of us has come up with a topic and we'll spend eight or nine episodes diving really deep, kind of teaching the rest of the group about that specific topic. And so we are going to start with uh, this really cool kind of inside look at the publishing world class that Brandon has put together. Brandon, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your 
course in general? Yeah. So the idea is um, to have a course that starts training writers to look at becoming a writer as a business. Uh, This is something that took me by surprise when I started into this. Um, I was not aware that um, writing is a small business. I didn't know I was starting a business. Uh, In fact, I didn't incorporate for several years. That's very common. But not knowing that led me to make a large number of mistakes before I, you know, got my feet underneath me. And even still, I'm making some of these mistakes. But I thought, you know what? One of the things that I really wish I'd known when I began was that I was starting a a small business. And um, I wanted to give some tips to writers starting on this journey or who are in the middle of it who just may not have given enough thought to this aspect of it. We all want to be artists. That's why we become writers. And this whole thing isn't to dissuade you from your artistic intents, but it is to start giving you this class and this this mindset that just isn't often shared in writing courses because, you know, we all want to be artists. And sometimes it feels like talking about the business side of things is crass um, and we don't want to monetize our, our artistic intentions, but, you know, when you start on this path, you are starting a business. Uh, speaking briefly as the parent of four hungry adult children who still don't all have their own jobs, I very much want to monetize every last little bit of my everything that I do. <laughs> and crass or not crass, I want to eat. Yeah, so... I, I am very fortunate in that uh, one of my best friends got published about a year and a half before I did. And so when I did get my contract, Brandon, the very first thing he said to me was, you need to think about this. Think of yourself as a small business owner and uh, gave me some really great advice. So uh, what, what are some of the bits of advice you want to give us, Brandon, about uh, starting to think of ourselves as business owners? Right. Well, the first idea is just this mindset change, which was the biggest hurdle I feel like I had to overcome. Um, That's why I named this first episode, Your Career is Your Business. A lot of writers, myself included, when we begin, we have in our head that once we get published, the publisher and the agent are going to be in charge of the business. We're going to have people managing all of the business side, and we will be able to spend our days in artistic pursuits. Um, and this just isn't true. Uh, an agent is not a business manager. An agent will certainly help. An agent is, um, if you're going traditionally published, an agent is the, the number one resource you will have for these sorts of things. So certainly it's, it's, it's nice to have them. Um, but It's your business that you're starting. It's not their business. Um, And they, you know, um, have a lot of different clients they'll be working for. And you're going to be expected to care about your career. Um, One of the things that I like to, and I developed this mindset when I was in the the corporate world, Um, my career in the corporate space really was defined by the people I was working with. But my career as a person who makes things, a person who imagines things, a person who wants to be paid to operate the oven that bakes the cookies that can only come out of my brain, um, that is not a career path that can be managed by 
somebody else. That is a that is a career path that has to be managed by me. And so an, a literary agent is a business partner. A publisher is a business partner. I already had, when I started doing comics, I already had a, a big framework in my head for what business partnerships look like and what they don't look like. And so that, that, gave me a, that gave me a quick leg up and it made a lot of things easier early on. But Brandon, you're absolutely right about this mindset. You have to start from that point, believing that what you are doing is is your business and it is you know, to you know layer the meaning of it. It's your business. It's not anybody else's business. They're going to try and get all up in your business from time to time, but it's really all about, it, it's all about what you want and what you imagine it becoming. So I'm, I'm really glad that uh, Howard mentioned, you know, what you want, uh, which I'm, I'm sure Brandon is going to get into, but I come into this from theater and, uh, and being a freelancer for my entire adult life. So for me, the small business was uh, was transforming the small business that I already had, which was puppeteer, audiobook narrator, and then writer. And one of the things that um, that I find helpful when when thinking about this small business is to actually have a mission statement. Uh, and uh, you can think of it as a as your creative mission statement. Um, but it, it's going to change over the course of your career. So initially, the mission statement that I had was fairly simple. It was to be able to turn down the gigs I didn't want to do. And I've gotten to the point in my career now that the only gigs that I've got are gigs that I want to do. So now I have to figure out actually what kind of work do I want to be doing and who do I want to be and be presenting myself as because I have to start figuring out how to turn down the gigs I do want to do in order to focus on really refining who I am and and this thing that, that Brandon is talking about and and Howard uh, about monetizing because um, you know it's it's not it's not always a straightforward path and okay. Let, let's pause really quick. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
do our book of the week, which is coming to us this week from Howard. Well, I wish I could take more credit for this one. Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Um, I read it years and years and many years ago and absolutely loved it. And uh, and it, it has one of my very favorite uses of, of footnotes. Um, and and it's, uh, well, you know, it, widely regarded now as a, a classic in the space in which it sits, recently was made into a TV miniseries um, available on Amazon Prime. Um, and I have really enjoyed and really benefited personally from comparing the two. And I'll circle back around to that later at homework time. Awesome. So that is Good Omens from Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Now, I loved what Mary Robinette said about a mission statement, which uh, ties into what I've heard Brandon talk about a lot in the past, is making sure that your career is deliberate rather than accidental. And Brandon, what, what do you have to tell us about that and how to do it? So there are all kinds of questions I feel like you should be asking yourself during your unpublished years and during your early parts of your career that um, you have answers to for when the need arises. For instance, uh, a good one if you live in the U.S., uh, unfortunately, is going to be how are you going to approach health insurance? Um, This is a big question that, you know, you need to think about. I never thought about it a single time in the early part of my career. You would think that that would have come up, um, but it wasn't until I was married and publishing my first books and realizing, wait a minute, in America, for some stupid reason, health insurance is attached to your job. I'm just not going to have that. Uh, How do I get that? Uh, Talk to other people who are self-employed and figure out how you're going to approach this. Um, Other questions are, how are you going to balance your your time as an author? How much time are you going to spend on doing the actual writing? How much time are you going to spend on promotion? Uh, We'll talk about promotion in a later week in this uh, masterclass. But right now, the question is, you know, when are you going to put these things in? When are you going to do email? I wasn't um, expecting how much more email would come in um, <laughs> and how much of it would involve publishers panic about panicking about little things. Um, and I had to set aside specific times. What I've done in my life right now is I have taken all the things that are not writing and I've tried to silo them into one day a week, uh, Thursdays. And this is when I'm going to do all of these things, the longer emails, the the short emails that can get a a quick answer. I'll do at the beginning of my workday. But if there's something that's going to take a long, in-depth thing, I'll say, hey, I'm going to respond to you on Thursday. Um, If there's an interview that I need to do for promotion, uh, I always schedule them on Thursdays. If there are company meetings, I put them on Thursdays. This allows me to take off my writer hat for a day and approach being a business person for a day. Um, And with me, this helps keep me from being frustrated. Uh, If I have good siloing of these sorts of things, I'll stop being resentful of the time that I have to spend not writing. I'm going to chime in there because I had heard Brandon talk about this before. And so I also tried siloing my non-writing things to one day a week. Uh, And it turns out that doesn't work for me because, uh, because my brain is wired differently. And that wound up causing me to have... 
uh, more fatigue, but I did have to block out time. So I have blocked out specific chunks of time, but spread them through the week. And and this, I just want to point out that much like when we talk about writing, um, there's no one process that will work for you, but the principle behind the process, which is to be deliberate about it and make space for it, is is going to be consistent. You just have to figure out which uh, which which form it takes for you. I'm going to give uh, a third perspective on this for the very, very early career writers. Uh, this is one of the very first bits of advice I got from Brandon when I got my first publishing contract. I said, this is happening. It's real. What do I do next? And he said, what you do now is you sit down and you write as much as you possibly can, because this is the last time you'll have all of that free time to write. Um, and that did help me a lot. I was able to finish, I think, a full book and a half uh, of new stuff before all of the revisions and the emails and the editing process and the proofing and all of that business side crashed down on me. Uh, and so just for a, the very early aspiring writer, that is, I think, a, a fantastic piece of advice. And, you know, I do have more time to write now than I did when I was working a job uh, while trying to write. But one of the most shocking things to me was that by going full-time, I didn't gain nearly as much time as I thought I would because all of these other things crept in. Uh, doing my own taxes. My first few years, um, I was used to doing my own taxes. And indeed, again, in the US, we have to do our own taxes for some stupid reason. Um, and so, but then publishing made it infinitely more complicated. Um, because suddenly I was getting a 1099 instead of a W-2. And suddenly I had sales overseas. Um, and understanding that you're either going to have to hire an accountant um, or you're going to have to learn how to input sales from other countries and money coming in from other countries and all of this stuff with 1099s instead of W-2s. That's a huge time sink once a year. Um, for U.S. writers that I had just not even understood was going to come along and steal a week of my time. We've got an episode coming up about networking, but th this tax idea, the finances of being a writer, is a really good reason to rely on other people. Um, my agent, before she became an, uh, an acquiring agent on her own, worked as a, a tax person for an agency house. And so she was able to help me a lot, which was fantastic. Um, Brandon and I and several other local writers all use the same accountant because the accounting process for professional writers is very different from a lot of other careers. And so using these networking opportunities to find out, hey, how do you handle this it yeah. is a good way to, to help you figure it out. You know, and one other thing that I would recommend that you think about this doesn't work for all writers. In fact, this is one of these things I've noticed that can be debilitating for some writers, but it is something that I do that is very handy to me. And that is I find out what the dollar amount of an hour of my writing time is worth. Um, now you can't be writing 16 hours a day. Um, but once you become self-employed as Howard, so eloquently put it on an early episode, uh, you get great being self-employed. You get to work half days and you decide which 12 hours it is. Um, <laughs> meaning there is a danger here in that you can work all the time if you want, which would lead to burnout. So be careful about that. But I keep a dollar amount assigned to an hour of actual writing time to me 
And then that dollar amount of an hour of writing time allows me to understand what things I can pay for to gain an hour of writing time. If doing my taxes is going to cost me three hours of writing time, and indeed I will make more money writing than I would hiring someone to do that, it just gives me a, um, a, a, an opportunity cost a, a method of determining what I should hire out and what I should do myself. When we started putting schlock mercenary books into print, um, we quickly realized that between cover work and bonus story and whatever else, um, it took you know a, a block of time to put a book out. And putting a book out generated several tens of thousands of dollars of money all at once. And I could look at that and I could say, well, I have books that aren't yet in print because I've got this archive online. Going to Comic-Con saws three weeks out of my life. There's the week of prep, there's the week at the event, and there's a week of recovery. It is miserably stressful. And I did the math and realized that unless I was bringing home $15,000 from Comic-Con, it didn't even begin to be worthwhile. And we looked at it and, and said, well, gosh, instead of doing Comic-Con, if I really want to sell T-shirts, I can just spend that week making a T-shirt and selling it and make more money. Now, we've never done that because I don't love making T-shirts, but that was what I had to balance it against. Without knowing how much your time is worth, without establishing a benchmark over time, you will make lots and lots of very, very bad decisions about your time and not realize what you're doing until you wake up one morning and realize that you're stressed and broke and hating the things that you're doing. Uh, this kind of uh, deliberate financial thought is how I knew when it was time for me to hire an assistant because I, I hit the point where I realized, oh, giving me an assistant will allow me to write one extra book per year, which will more than pay for the assistant. And so then that made it a very easy choice to make. Uh, we need to wrap up soon, but I know Mary Robinette has something else she wants to say. Right, which is when you're when you're super early career, the idea of assigning uh, you know a specific number of value to to your writing worth, especially when you haven't actually sold anything yet, um, that's difficult. Uh, so let me give you another metric, which you've probably heard me talk about when I've been talking about how to decide where to send a story to a short story, which is. Uh, that, that you're balancing three things, uh, money, audience, and, and shininess. So money is literally, uh, how much is this going to pay me? Um, or how much is this going to cost me? Uh, audience is, how many people will this connect me to? And then shiny is just like, how much do you want to do it? So like going to NASA, uh, it costs money, uh, does not actually connect me to audience, but it's so shiny. So that's a choice that I make. And I also know that it's something that I can use and then will later down the line have the potential to bring me audience and, and money. But depending on where you are in your career, you're going to value those differently. Like when you are very, very early career, you may say, hey, it's totally worth it for me to go to a convention because it is spending that money will allow me to connect with uh, with my peers, 
and audience and that networking, the audience layer of it is totally worth it. And the shininess aspect of it is totally worth it. So you, you it's going to be this constant balancing act and it will, again, shift over the course of your career. Exactly. And ultimately, this idea of thinking of it as a career, as a business and making all of these choices deliberate and informed is what's really going to help. So thank you, everybody. Uh, This is a wonderful start to our new year. We have homework from Howard. Okay. In 2003 at Comic-Con, my friend Jim met Neil Gaiman and Neil introduced himself saying, hi, my name is Neil. I write comics. Okay. That's a fun story. Neil Gaiman writes way more than just comics. He wrote the adaptation that took Good Omens from being a wonderful novel to being a really amazing television series. Um, You don't know, or maybe you do, uh, you know, the, the path that your career is going to take, the number of different things you might write. Uh, I posit that it will be extremely valuable to you to take something like Good Omens, your book of the week, and the TV show, consume them both and make notes. What kinds of writing decisions were made between the two that you would have made differently? What kind of writing decisions were made that just blow your mind? The adaptation between mediums may at some future point be something that you get to do. And as an added bonus, I think this homework will be fun for you. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode. You are out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.